0: Welcome to the heart of show business. I am your host, Alexia Melocchi. I believe in great storytelling and that every successful artist has a deep desire to express something from the heart to create a ripple effect in our society. Emotion and entertainment are closely tied together. My guests and I want to give you insider access to how the film, television, and music industry works. We will cover dreams come true, the road less traveled, journey beginnings, and a lot of insight and inspiration in between. I am a successful film and television entrepreneur who came to America as a teenager to pursue my show business dreams. Are you ready for some unfiltered real talk with entertainment visionaries from all over the world? Then let's roll sound and action. Hello, hello, hello. This is a very special episode of the Heart of Show Business. As you know, I love to feature people from every aspect of filmmaking. And so I am super, super proud and super honored to have my very first cinematographer, aka also known as Director of Photography. So I am thrilled to let you all know that I have here as my guest, Akis Kostandakopoulos. Akis, fellow Greek like me, is an award-winning cinematographer who has lensed more than 25 films and over 100 scripted and unscripted projects spanning 20 states eight countries, and 30 cities. He's a graduate of Harvard University, and he's also a graduate of the American Film Institute, also known as the AFI. He commenced his career serving as a second unit director of photography for Oscar-nominated Fedon Papa Mikhail, who recently did uh, Ford versus Ferrari, as we all recall, that got nominated for a ton of Oscars. And uh, he has a lot of credits, you know, he has had a theatrical release period drama running for Grace, uh, starring Matt Dillon, Jimmy Caviezel, which was an amazing film. Actually, my friend Stelio Savante was in it as well. Kevin Pollock's directorial debut, The Late Bloomer, starring J.K. Simmons, Brittany Snow, and Inside Game, an indie theatrical release based on the infamous 2007 NBA betting scandal. Uh, he's also shot commercials, promos, music videos for some of the biggest, biggest artists and brands, including Cher, The Lumineers, Paul and Samsung, National Bank of Greece. And he has just wrapped, believe it or not, Pandemic Regardless, season two of the TV show The Chosen that has over 70 million viewers worldwide. Uh, He's also has DP'd a thriller shot in Athens that is directed by his fellow cinematographer Fedon Papa Mikhail and is in pre-production on the Lionsgate movie Jesus Revolution a 1960 period film based on real events. Welcome to my show.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: It's wonderful to have you, Kis, and I, of course, I want to ask as a first thing for my audience, what does really a cinematographer, also known as director of photography, do? What does that entail?
1: Um, When I tell people who are not in the industry what exactly a cinematographer does, they're always surprised by how much actually a cinematographer or director of photography uh, does, He does a lot of things, (laughs) Um, you know, our job really starts in pre-production and by pre-production, I mean, it's the, it's the phase before the actual filming begins, right? So during pre-production, when we come on board as a cinematographer comes on board on the project, uh, you're going to scout the locations with the director. You're going to pick all the equipment uh, in terms of camera, lenses, filters, and lights that you're going to use for the movie. But just in a very brief statement as to what a cinematographer does is, is in charge of the visual look of the movie. And along with the director, you develop the visual language of, of the movie. So in simple terms, is it gonna be bright? Is it gonna be dark? Is, it gonna be, is the camera gonna be moving smoothly? Or is it gonna be static? Or is it gonna be moving in a handheld, more aggressive fashion? Also, you work very closely with a production designer and costume designer to work on the color palette of the movie. So you guys decide if there's going to be a visual progression in terms of colors. Like, do we start with reds and then we end in blues? Or do we start with blues and then slowly we start sprinkling in different colors? So that's a collaboration that, that happens across the departments, but the DP is in the center of that. And then shot selection. I mean, we, we talked with the director about, how we're going to shoot a movie, where is the camera going to go, how it's going to be covered, it's seen. So it, it, it's a very technical job, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's very creative and very artistic. It's a perfect combination of art and technology. But you also have to be a really good manager in a sense because you're managing a whole team of people, both in the camera department uh, from operators, first ACs, second ACs, DITs, and the electrical and grip department.
0: I think it's so interesting because many people, when they look at famous directors, they all have a certain style, right? So you look at somebody like Tony Scott. Tony Scott has a very, very, God bless you, so specific way of shooting. And you immediately recognize the style of those directors. And I feel many do not know that part of that style is exactly how they choose to frame a movie and how they choose to speak about their vision. And that's done through the cinematographer, I always say when I'm watching a movie, even if it's the worst movie ever, I will say, well, the pictures look really nice. <laughs> so I will keep on watching because if there is an intriguing sense of aesthetic or a mood or a tone that draws me into that story, I tend to want to watch all the way through. Even if maybe the you know the script sucks or or the acting stuff, I'll be like, well, the pictures were really great. So yeah. I feel like the cinematographer is a photographer in motion.
1: That's right. It, that's exactly uh, what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. You went to Harvard University, which is super impressive, and you also graduated of one of the most prestigious film schools that has bred. So, so many Oscar winners and Emmy-nominated producers and writers and filmmakers. What drew you to want to be a director of photography versus anything else in the business?
1: Well, initially, I wanted to be a director like most people when they started the business. Uh, I wanted to be a director, and that was back when I was 15 and 16 years old. And so when I went to undergrad at Harvard and I started making my own movies, they didn't have a, a cinematography major. You could just major in filmmaking. It was just, it's called visual studies. Um, so part of it was film theory and, and and a big part of it was film production. So during those years, I made a lot of movies where I would direct, shoot, edit, write, and, and produce my, my, my own movies. So I probably made about 10 short films in, in during those uh, two, three years. And it was very apparent from making those movies that what really... Uh, I was attracted to was, was the visual, the visuals, you know, I I wasn't um, necessarily the best or too interested in the art of the performance or the writing aspect. I wasn't very strong at that either. Uh, But I was very good at communicating visually with pictures and and expressing the emotion of what I wanted the scene to express through the camera. And one of my professors in in college, his name is um, Hal Hartley, Uh, a really good independent director out of New York. He said, you're really a cinematographer. You're not a director. Um, And then he kind of started clicking in. He's like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not quite sure what a cinematographer does, but I'm going to look into it. And I started looking into it and I picked up uh, a magazine, an, an American cinematographer magazine, and I started reading. And I had no idea what it was saying because I didn't know the jargon. I didn't know the names of the equipment. And that intrigued me actually more. I wanted to find out more. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to be a cinematographer.
0: You know, it's interesting because you and I and some of my listeners do not know, we met on the short that I was a producer on. Mm-hmm. And speaking of your experience with shorts, and it was a very dark and moody ch- thriller called Father Mud. And that's how you and I connected the whole Greek language and everything. So... When you got that short, or even in general, when you're getting a movie that is sent to you, as a script form, do you judge whether you want to be the cinematographer on it because of the work of the director or because of the story or the worlds that it paints that you see yourself as wanting to photograph? What yeah. is it that gets you to say, "Yes, I want to do that project?"
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. It's a number of things. Everything starts with the script. If I respond to the script, that, that's uh, you know that's ninety percent there. That means is it a, a new story? Is it a unique story that I haven't read before I haven't seen before? Uh, is, it, is it something that will allow me to do something very unique and different and creative with cinematography that it presents very interesting visuals? But for the most part, it's the story in itself. It's the characters and it's the emotion. It could be a very simple story that just takes place in the living room, but it's something that is just extraordinary and something I haven't read before and haven't seen before and I'm instantly intrigued. And that is more important even than the opportunity for visuals. Now, if you can combine both the excitement of the story and unique new visuals or situations I haven't shot in before... Like it's taking, shooting in Hawaii. I always wanted to shoot in Hawaii and then I got to move in Hawaii. So all those things are extremely important. Also what's really important is who is directing the movie because you can have a really good story, but if it, but if you don't really believe in the director as a cinematographer, that's not a good place to be. You, you, you wanna tag along with the director who you really believe in, uh, who you think is 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 really passionate about the the project he's making. And when you talk to the director, it's pretty apparent if he's passionate or not about the project he's making. So a lot of the times the director will sell me on the project, even though I wasn't really sold by reading the script, because I can feel his, his passion, his excitement about making this project. That is extremely important. And then of course, you know, what else have they done in the past? You know, what's their aesthetic? You want to make sure that you work with, with a director whose aesthetics match yours. Because once you start working on a project, it's like a marriage, you know, you you spent a lot of time with that person and you want to make sure that you see the same, you you share the same vision and you like spending time with that person.
0: Yeah, it seems to me that the director of photography and the director are the most strong alliance in a film or in a TV show, if it works, and it can be the biggest disaster if it doesn't work. Without going into naming names or or movies or shows, has there been a moment when you were filming something, whatever that was, where you thought you were getting along with a director and there was, things were going wrong. Whether it was with him, with your production designer, with the actors, has there been a moment where you just said, oh my God, how am I going to get myself through this? (laughs) I made a mistake.
1: I mean, absolutely. I mean, it happens. And I think it's, it's happened to everybody. You start a project and you're very excited, but then always sometimes, sometimes could, you know, things could go wrong. And, and that's because there are just so many variables and so many different personalities. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely happened in the past. I would say, yeah, it's happened probably a couple of times, uh, uh, which is very few compared to how many projects I have shot. Uh, but it's something that it has happened to everybody. And the best thing you can do in that case, at least what I do in that case, is just like, I just kind of, I stay focused and I stay reasonable and, and make sure that things still look good. Kind of keep to our goal and try to get through any problems by you know discussing and, and, and figuring things out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough business because you're, you're on set for 12, 14 hours. And the truth is like, what I always remind myself is like, Everybody's there because they want to do a good job. Nobody's there like trying to make a bad move. Yes, we can have arguments and we might not be disagreeing, but at the end of the day, we're all there because we want to make a good move. So when I think of that, it's like, okay, you know, nobody's trying to hurt this project. you know It's like we might be seeing things differently, but at the end of the day, let's 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 work together to, to get it done.
0: Exactly. I also think because many times what people do not understand that whenever we say action, and a film actually gets made, it's a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. And many people do not know the journey of how long it took to get to that point where you see action. That's so, right. you know, maybe the people who are involved, you know, were just uh, had to mortgage their house to get their movie made, or they're drowning in debt, or they were on a journey of a thousand no's before they got to the yes. And I feel that sometimes that can take a toll, into your psychology and to your state of mind when you're in it. So I think it's great that you are in this collaborative mode where you can shift that attitude and sort of focus everybody, hey, we're here, we're making a movie, we're making a music video, we're making a TV show. How great is that? Yeah, yeah. That it gets made. And, And that's something that I always say to people. It's never the work, it's the journey that leads to the work. I am sure you've had a lot of times where... You sign on a project and it didn't happen. What do you do then? Like, Because obviously your job is very unstable, as it is for all of us in the business. Sometimes i are thinking, hey, I'm making a movie, and then everything falls apart.
1: I mean, there is nothing you could do. Uh, it, it's happened to me uh, m- many times. Uh, th- I mean, there is nothing you could do. It, it's part of the uh, the business. You move on and you, you maintain relations with those people, and hopefully that project comes back. But, but it's part of the game. I mean, I, I, I was on a movie about nine, ten years ago, probably nine years ago, that we uh, fully prepped and, and picked up equipment, four weeks of heavy prep and, and uh, um, camera prepping and camera testing. All the equipment is literally on trucks. Everything has been picked out. We're ready to go out filming on Monday. It's Friday. The call sheet gets sent out for Monday's filming. And then Saturday morning, I get a call from the producer that the movie's not happening anymore. That that was the only time that's happened to that extent of like being so ready with equipment and everything and everybody thinks we're filming. But, it, but it's happened, you know, it even happened uh, this year because of the pandemic. Unfortunately, I was prepping for uh, five weeks on a movie and uh, we were very close to start filming and then everything got shut down. Uh, it, it happens, but it, it's something that's completely out of my control. So I can't be uh, upset or I mean, you can always be annoyed about it, but there's nothing you can do to change it. So. Yeah. Just move on.
0: Yes, exactly. Do you, obviously, I've seen some of your movies as a director, and I think you're fabulous too, in, even you. in that field. Are you seeing yourself upgrading to full time or not full time, because everything is like part time, really, not yeah. business? But are you seeing yourself moving into being a director and just doing cinematography work to get you to that, to continue to go into? directing full-time
1: um, I'm, I'm 100% interested in, in cinematography uh, I've always had a passion for directing but it's not something that I see myself doing and at least in the immediate future if there is a really exciting opportunity I will consider it for sure but my 100% focus has been and will be uh, the, the being
0: that's great that's great. What would be something that you would give as a piece of advice to somebody who's starting out in your field? Because obviously the jobs are not going to be that easy to get in these days, especially during the pandemic and when things are slowly picking up. How would you tell somebody that wants to do what you do? Uh, how would you tell them to sell themselves or get their next, you know, gig?
1: That's that's, that's a very tough question. Um, I, I think. Uh, a lot of it is patience. A lot of it is staying the course and, and maintaining relations with people that you have worked with and you like working with. And it's all about expanding your, your network. So if you don't have a lot of credits to your resume, always say yes to jobs that come your way. Don't don't turn them down because you're not happy with the rate or uh, they, they couldn't get you the equipment that they, they were promised to get you even... <laughs> do any project that comes your way because that's the only way you're going to start expanding your network, meeting new people and, and improving your skills. I mean, it's a craft at the end of the day. So if people are willing to pay you to work in your craft and and get footage for your reel, I mean, that that's what you want to be doing. But the biggest thing is as patience. You know, people are expecting things to happen for them very quickly, right away. Like I have a couple friends of mine who are upcoming DPs and they're like well, why am I not getting that bigger movie? Why am I not? it's like, well, it's gonna take time. Like, you're not gonna get the two, three, four million dollar movie after working as a DP for a couple of years. I mean, it's just not gonna happen. I mean it could happen but but that's the exception. So you just have to pay your dues and keep working and improving your, your craft. And you can't I would urge people not to think in terms of like I need things to happen. Like things will happen if you stay the course and you keep working and you keep your head down and just improve your your skills. Uh, uh, And then suddenly things will happen before you even realize.
0: Yeah. I I so believe in the power of networking, and I'm so glad that you're saying that because people just say, well, I just want the credits on IMDb. That's not just the credits. It's about who sure. you know and who remembers you, just like sure. you and I had this conversation. You know, we were looking to do an EPK. A friend of mine had a big celebrity that needed an EPK for their movie. Do you know a great DP? Of course. I know Akis. You're the first person I'm going to call because I had a good experience with you working on yeah. set. So it's about that and I feel that it's not about the credits that you bill but like you said say yes to as much as you can because maybe that young director from AFI who you think is going no way may turn out to be the next Scorsese. And he will right. remember you, that he worked with you on his first film, right? Absolutely. That's what I love about people like Clean Eastwood. And uh, there's so many, you know, Ben Affleck, Table. they always work with their friends. They always work with the people that they have. They do well on set. And you want right. to build that, you know, creative posse, as I call it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the work you perform, I think, is so much better when you feel good when you're on set, when you when you feel supported by the people around you and when you feel good that you have people around you who are your friends and they know how you work. And I think that comes across in the, in the screen, you know, uh, that, uh, that good atmosphere of set surrounded by people that you like and they like you and everybody gets along. And that's the greatest feeling when you can m- make art and create projects that people will see all over the world while doing it with your friends. I mean, that's, that's the best.
0: That is the best indeed. What's coming up next for you, Akis?
1: Um, I am going to be going down to Texas beginning of the year to do continue filming season two for The Chosen. It's a TV show that I've been doing for the last couple of years. It's been doing really well. We're hoping to have seven seasons. Uh, we're at now season two. Um, and it's growing. It's, it, it's got over 70 million viewers at the moment, and the goal is actually to get to 1 billion views. So that's kind of what I'm doing in the immediate future. Hopefully we'll be resuming pre-production for that, that Lionsgate movie, uh, Jesus Revolution, and I'm also attached to do a movie called Reckoning of Darkness with Christopher Kolikowski.
0: Yes, yeah. my friend Christopher. I love yeah. him
1: we shot a promo teaser for his feature that did really, really uh, well in the festival circuit. I think he got it for 40 festivals with multiple, multiple awards. So he's had a lot of traction and interest to, to make that, that, that feature, which would probably be filming overseas uh, in Ireland or Scotland. And then um, there are a couple of projects that are circulating in Greece. Also a feature and, uh, uh, and a T V TV series there's different things uh, going on but and, and that's kind of the way You have to, to do it in this industry because it's so uncertain everything is so uncertain You just never know what could happen or what will go and what will not go and it's it's always been interesting like at the beginning of the year when I look ahead of what's coming up in the year project-wise very rarely will these projects actually go. It's usually different projects that, that end up coming my way that I wasn't expecting. Um, and that's kind of what's exciting, honestly, about the, the industry. It kind of keeps you on your toes. You never know what when you wake up what will be on the other side. And um, I, I like that sense of excitement and intrigue and the unknown.
0: Yeah. It's a bit like being a gambler. I know I have the same thing. Sometimes I'm looking at something that we're like, oh, that's for sure going to sell. That for sure is going to get greenlit. And then somebody calls me out of the blue and say, hey, I read this script. I'm like, really? That's the one that was like at the bottom of the pile. And we said, that's never going to get made. Or, you know, we're just going to try. It's going to be a long journey. And then maybe that's the one that gets done. And then the ones that they slam dunk, you're going, oh, it didn't happen. Or it went belly up for the 25th time. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: you just never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's something that people go, Oh, why is people like Ridley Scott or Will Smith or t- why are they attached to like 20 movies or 30 movies or 50 movies every Exactly, like you said it? Cause you never know what's going to go first. And yeah. even they who are A-list status, sometimes they are passionate about something and it just doesn't happen. And it gets postponed. That's and I right. think people need to understand that, again, just like I said before, until you say action, you really don't have a project or a movie. That's right. That, And even then, you know, you have to keep like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like this
0: yeah. all the way to the end, right? And nothing goes wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are just so many variables whenever you're filming and so many things that could go wrong. And yeah, it is a miracle. Yeah, I agree. say It's a wrap. It's always a miracle that happens, Yeah. You know?
0: It's so true. I, I so enjoyed this conversation with you, Akis. And thank you so much for coming on my show.
1: My pleasure. That was awesome.
0: It was so fun. It yeah. was so fun. Yeah, I'm sure so that. many people... You're so welcome. I'm sure many people would decide to be cinematographers because of you. And then they'll <laughs> thank you when they pick up that Oscar, you know. But you have to get <laughs> yours first. That, that is the most important thing. Where can my listeners find you? Is there any... Of the films that you have done DP, Director Photography, on that you would like for them to check out?
1: I would say the best place they could go is uh, my, my personal website, which is www.akis, like my name, akisdp.com. Um, and there they could see um, some of the movies that I have shot, or mm-hmm. they could also, and their trailers and, 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 and scenes from the various movies I've shot, or they could go to my uh, uh, IMDb page and see the full list of my credits. I mean, a lot of my movies are playing either on Netflix or Amazon Prime or or Hulu. I mean, they're just out there, iTunes for download. So um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It'd be great if they can uh, check them out.
0: Yes, I hope everybody does that. And please, if you want to reach out to him, you want to hire him for your next movie short, uh, you never know. He might say yes to you, although he's pretty picky, but he might say yes to you. So you can always give it a shot. And thank you for coming on my show. To all my listeners, uh, if you like this and you want to have more, people like Akis, please do let me know. That's what I enjoy doing. It's my little guilty pleasure. And thank you and have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Heart of Show Business. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at theheartofshowbusiness.com.